Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and as you can see by the name of this episode, the throwback series continues. Yes, unfortunately, despite New Zealand being a very good boy, we haven't managed to get any new films down here. So we were going back and retroactively looking at some films as celebrating a birthday. And this month, Total Recall celebrates its 30th. And if you're going to record an episode on such a wonderful film as this, you've got to go out there and get the two best podcasters you can find. Alternatively, you get these guys. How are you guys going? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Paul and Wayne, how are you uh, doing? Very good. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having us to talk this very contentious film. Yes, man. It's, uh, it's all kind of fights. We've been having fights about this movie since we were kids. About the ending. You know what we're talking about here. Yeah, but- we'll get to it. We'll, yes, get we'll get to it. Sam has allowed for that to come out in full glorious <laughs> colour. I absolutely uh, it's a pleasure did. Pleasure to be here. I absolutely did. I've listened to you guys for a long time now, and I heard you guys arguing recently about this movie. And I was like, <laughs> if there's anyone out there that'd be perfect to get on this, it's going to be these two. Hence why I've saved that question to nearly the very last. So yeah, look oh, forward yeah, to oh, it. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Total Recall. Any any initial thoughts before we get into it, boys? Um, other than this is one of the movies that Paul and I grew up on, as in we saw it together. Am I right? No, no, see it together. It really? Was, yeah, yeah pre- predated it. <laughs> oh, we just talked a lot about it together. Yeah. yeah, started arguing about it pretty early that's on. That's right. That's right. It's a, it's a foundation movie of a friendship, along with like Tango and Cash. Mm, Tango and Cash, great show. Yeah, so that's how old we are. We've now dated, <laughs> dated ourselves very, very effectively there, uh, and very keen. I, you know, they don't make them like this anymore, and I'm very keen to discuss. It was great rewatch during the week. So, uh, awesome choice, soon. No, oh, no probs. Hey, speaking of which, what we now do on this podcast is we give whoever has watched it the most recently the duty of describing the plot of the film before we get into it. So, yeah, I mean, I watched it over a week ago. What about you two? Mm. Paul. Paul Paul's not, good at okay. interviewing. Uh, Total Recall follows Arnold Schwarzenegger as Douglas Quaid, a very normal-looking behemoth <laughs> of a man who has the most gorgeous <laughs> wife in the history of the universe and works a very, very dodgy day job doing some... Uh, construction work, who decides he wants his yearning for Mars to be answered by getting an implant from Recall, as if he's actually been to Mars, his mind will believe that he has with this memory of this holiday that he wants. It sets off a chain of events where he is really actually a super spy. Get fucked! And he goes to Mars and manages (laughs) (laughs) to help overthrow the corrupt government there led by Kohagen and his lackey Richter. Uh, We'll see him at the party. And... (laughs) The film ends with him bringing atmosphere to Mars and saving the entire world. Hooray. Or so he does in his mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. Uh, that was a great... Yeah, was great. yeah so the pertinent details came out in 1990, directed by Paul Verhoeven, had a budget of $65 million, went on to take $261 million worldwide, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as aforementioned Quaid, Rachel Tocotin as Melina, Sharon Stone as Laurie, Ronnie Cox as Cohagen, Michael Ironside as Richter, Marshall Bell as George slash Kwatu, Mal Johnson Jr. as Benny, and Michael Champion as Helm. And yeah, uh, the reviews for the film, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 57% on Metacritic. Now, what we normally what? used to do on this podcast, we used Ridiculous. to give our scores now, but we're gonna, we, we figured out we just end up giving our compliment sandwich, which is our first question anyway, if we give our scores. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off and give our compliment sandwich if we think this film's over 5,000 out of 10,000, or we give it our shit sandwich if we think it's under. So, Paul, why don't you leave us off? Have you got a compliment or a shit sandwich? I think I know the answer. I have a compliment sandwich, obviously. (laughs) Uh, First of all, my compliment is the violence. Uh, Paul Verhoeven goes for the jugular and doesn't skimp on it at all, and it really gives us a hard uh, rating, which we miss in this day and age. And fun fact, this is one of the very first films 
to be released in Australia as both an R-rated and an MA-rated film. So you are, or M-rated film, I should say. Hmm. So at our tender age, when we saw this film, we were allowed to go and hire one version, but we'd have to have our parents with us to hire the other out of the video store. So yeah, there you are. That's how hard it was. They had to dumb it down at an wow. Australian level to allow the, the kids like us to watch it. I think the one I saw on Foxtel actually was the edited version. Oh, no. It was, I saw like, yeah, it was... Mm, no, anyway. no, I saw the proper version, thank God. Uh, the one bad thing, Sharon Stone dies way too early in this movie, <laughs> and they didn't get enough out of her. <laughs> and uh, prepare yourselves, because going to be a few more answers around her. And the good... <laughs> The good story. Out. This is fantastic. This is smart sci-fi film dressed up as a ball well, action film starring the biggest action star of the era. But just think about it. The concept is really fantastic. It's no surprise it's based off a Philip K. Dick short. And so implanting false memories so you think they're real and then adding the spy subplot and you're never sure what really is real and what's a product of his disturbed mind. This is genius, this movie. It's great. <laughs> Strong words. There we go. I'll get you to give a score out of 10,000, but we'll do it after we give each of our sandwiches. What about you, Wayne? What's your okay. sandwich? Well, after Paul's very well thought out and thorough thing, you'll see my frivolous ass compliment sandwich, okay? <laughs> yes. My one good compliment, Arnie's hologram watch is fucking sweet. <sighs> All right? I fucking love that thing. All right? That's cool. I need one of those directly. Um, <laughs> the shitty thing is Shazza Stone's shitty kung fu. Uh, if you, How dare you? Okay, look. For the scenes, everyone, where Shazza and Melina are fucking fighting, right? The kicks she's doing. She's doing high kicks, but it looks like Jazza-sized exercise high <laughs> kick. She's not actually kicking him. She's sort of kicking at him. And he's like, ah! And he's blocking it. I'm like, Arnie, you wouldn't even notice it, son. If she kicked you, don't even worry about it, right? <laughs> sure, she gets an iPod and busts a cap every now and then, but... The the pirouetting kicks are really, really bad. But, hey, it's Sharon Stone, so she can kick my ass any time. <laughs> um, and uh, the other good thing about it was, in the scene where Arnold's like, oh, 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 and he's, he's in the lab and he's, like, struggling and stuff, the female lab tech, right, she oh is God. there. No, she's there with, like, a young lab tech, and he says stuff like, the CIA, the company, and she slaps him, like, shut up, right? The slap she gives him is the hardest fucking slap you've ever seen. It actually makes him buckle. It made me piss myself laughing. So, really good. <laughs> Take it back! <laughs> what? Suck my dick. Suck my dick, man. I think we've discovered Wayne's fetish, which is being slapped by a powerful woman. <laughs> <laughs> Only realizing it now. It's <laughs> so early into the podcast. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because basically you guys have one of each of mine. I mean, the first of all, yeah, the action. The action's great. Like, it's got so many iconic set pieces in it that are so memorable. Like, literally, you know, like the woman exploding her head, um, you know, when she's with trying, Arnie's trying to get through customs. Even like the oh, shootout yeah. he has on Mars is, you know, final showdown with Cohagen. There's so many scenes in this that are just iconic action scenes that are just awesome. And you're right, it's just such a thrill ride from sort of start to finish. The bad thing, yeah, mm. Sharon Stone, what the fuck? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Paul's having a bit of a problem here with all this Sharon Kung Fu bashing. (laughs) She's not an action star. She's everything in the world to me. She's a pure goddess, but she's not an action star. She's just, yeah, just some of those kicks and some of that fight choreography is just dated quite a bit. Uh, Look, it's 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 great. But at the time, I'm like, hey, sure, you know. But now I'm like, ah, yeah, so, yeah. it wasn't the best, but it didn't bother me as much as it bothered of you it too. Doesn't bother anyone? I mean, at the time, it's hard to be critical of it when all your blood has got like drained out of your brain and gone somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, fuck, look at her. You notice how few few fake breasts they were in the fucking nineties. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just everyone's sort of like normal titties. It's great. All the money was going cocaine. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then a final thing for me was like, this is one of Arnie's best acting performances. 
And it's the same reason, <laughs> the same reasons it's good is the same reason why Keanu Reeves is awesome in The Matrix. It's because you can totally believe he's this dim-witted idiot who has no idea what the hell is going on. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. And I just like oh, it. Nice. Like we, we can actually see ourselves through Arnie as a character because he's just so entry level that it's just such a like good performance of his and the acting department. I just, yeah, just enjoyed it. And On board. And yeah, that takes us to our scores out of 10,000. Paul, why don't you lead us off? 10,000 reactors this week. 10,000 reactors. Uh, not going quite as high as I have when I've been on the show before, Sam, but still well over the, the highly recommended love it mark. I'm giving you 9,123 reactors. <laughs> That's a lot of reactors. <laughs> Can you start the reactor, Wayne? I reckon it's it's a it's. I'm going to give it a clean nine one hundred. Okay. Like in that 9, case, I'm going to give it nine thousand and ninety nine. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Pretty close. We're all within twenty four reactors out of ten thousand. Hooray! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very close. Cool. And that moves us over to question number two. What is it there, Paul? What item from this film would you want, or definitely not want, to be? Okay. I would not want to be the knife that went into Helms's dick. <laughs> Remember the uh, little the the little uh, little, little yeah she she stabbed him in the dick. I'm like that's not good at all. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to be inside his sack or anything like that. <laughs> this is a first as well. You don't want to be plunged inside a penis. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's like it's not Tuesday or something. <laughs> oh, I like that. For me, it was um, George's shirt. You know, he's like basically hiding Kwatu under there, and Kwatu's one hell of a oh, like, yeah. messy, slippery, slippery looking man. But man, I don't know what you fuck you call him. I don't want to be that shirt. I don't want to be that shirt. No way, man. <laughs> well, you get to hear his voice all the time. Sam. Kwatu was Sam. weird, man. Kwatu was fucking weird, <laughs> exactly. man. It was fucking weird. Well, it serves the purpose. It does well. Uh, for me, I'm going to item I definitely would want to be, and I'm going with. Uh, I'm going to out Wayne in the macho stakes here. I definitely want to be Laurie's lingerie that she's wearing in, in the film. This is like, I'd like to be a bar of soap in Sharon Stone's shower. There we go. The bar is set. Can we go any lower? I didn't think you'd do it, but there you are. I had money on Wayne being this. The last thing I said to Stacey before I recorded this was, can you keep that baby quiet? And I bet you Wayne is going to want to be Sharon Stone's underwear. I've got fucking money on that. <laughs> Paul's the filthy cunt. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Embrace the Wayne Paul. <laughs> yeah, right, today. To, to, today only. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Uh, question number three. What is it there, Wayne? Question number three is, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? For me, it's uh, if a video showed up of me telling me what's what and telling me, you know, what actually is really going on, would I listen to myself? And the answer is no, I don't even listen to myself now. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you really wouldn't listen to yourself? I wouldn't listen to myself. If I popped up and was like, yeah. I'm you, I'd be like, fuck off you are, dickhead. I'd be out of there. <laughs> yeah. The moment he said, stick this up your head, up your nostril, that would be a little yeah. interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That said, if I was being chased around and, and whatever, maybe I would listen. But okay, fair enough. Uh, for me, this got me wondering about the, the genealogy and the possibility of reincarnation because I spent a great deal of time wondering whether Sharon Stone's Laurie this film <laughs> could be a direct descendant of Catherine Trammell from Basic Instinct. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. Absolutely fucking you know, finding that if Catherine really did stay true to her and hated Rugrats and therefore didn't have any kids, maybe Laurie could be Trammell reincarnated because she's pretty handy with a knife. She's Can't kick for shit, but yeah. yeah no, it's sure. like- <laughs> pretty handy on... 
Catherine Trammell doesn't kick anybody in that film. She just stabs the motherfuckers. That's right. Stabs them. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you know what? I want that to be the case. Same director, same That's right. chick. I, Could know. all be in, in universe. Oh, it's I 2084, like that. so we're talking you know, almost 100 years later. Very nice. Ooh. These are some very deep, deep questions. <laughs> Much- especially the, uh, especially the <laughs> Laurie Lingerie answer before. <laughs> no, no, but you're talking about the deep philosophical debate that arose with you guys, yeah. and you guys all had some real deep shit. I, on the other hand, am thinking, would I bang the girl with three titties? <laughs> Backup one. <laughs> if no one brought it and, up, um, I was going to you... say that shit. Well, did you come up with an answer? Because I did. No, no, I, I'm still debating it. Wayne's definitely saying yes. I did say yes, yes, and I'll tell you why. If you're sitting at 90 years old in your rocking chair and you've got no stories to tell, then you come up with the pillar. You know, I once slammed a woman who had three titties. Everyone's listening. All right, everyone's <laughs> listening. You don't want to not have done that if you have the opportunity to talk about it. Forget about it. Never, ever be dull at a dinner party again. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Well, not nice. You don't have <laughs> Hey, kids, did I tell you about the time I fucked a chick with three titties? This guy got lobotomized at one point, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kid? Maybe grandkids. Grandkids. Great grandkids. Everyone here about grandfather yeah. slammed some three-titted woman. What are your, what are your forefathers once? <laughs> Uh, moving over to question number four. This is a Patreon question. It's the first of our Patreon questions. Come to get to see the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite, which you guys should all go check out. And what Dave would like to know is which two characters from this film would you want with you at your house party? I think it's pretty obvious, Paul. but go ahead, Paul. Uh, all right. Well, look, I think I know every answer so far is pretty much featured Sharon Stone one way or another. But I'll be lying if I look past going to a house party with Laurie as my definite guest. Sure. And then beyond that, I have to say Richter. If only because I get to call him up on the day of the party. Oh, fuck off. So I'll be no excuse like... <laughs> I saw this joke coming about a mile. This is a fucking low-hanging fruit. Go on, go on, go on. This is a picked off the ass, mate. fruit. And then I'd finish the conversation by saying, See you at the party, Victor. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Look, I don't know why none of us thought of that, but well done, well yeah, done. Well done, yeah, congratulations, yeah. Still one of the most quoted lines that we have oh, yeah. in our group of friends. Exactly. Hence, Sam, your <laughs> lack of amusement and our absolute <laughs> amusement. <laughs> what about you, Wayne? Uh, anyway. Well, obviously, Sharon. Um, yes. And uh, this is probably where I would nail the three-titted girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably got a name. <laughs> Damn. Oh, uh, shit. Okay, there you go. Absolutely makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I, I also had Sharon Stone. It comes as a surprise to absolutely no one that's listened to our episode on. <laughs> Fuck off, Paul! Sorry, Dad. Yeah, because your fucking soundboard sucks. <laughs> but yeah, anyone that's listened to our basic episode would know that I have an equal amount of crush on Sharon Stone as these two. Nice. Uh, yeah. The other one is Benny. I liked Benny. I thought he was cool. He had like a few stories. That and, motherfucker. You know, he's. That to his motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, he'll come up cool. in a later answer. Don't you worry. <laughs> ah, he's cool. He like says, you know, you have a fucking mutant. That's the type of guy I want him hanging out with me at parties, man. He's, <laughs> he's got great conversation starters. I actually have asked a lot of people that. <laughs> <laughs> you have a fucking mutant? What? See ya. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, next question. Question five. Yep. What film would totally hook up with this movie if it got the chance? Uh, Showgirls. Why? Well. It already knows the same director, so, you know, there's the friend link, and it's Showgirls. It's going to fuck someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely got towels. It'll definitely... In a pool, probably, yeah. 
Definitely would. That's a good one. Uh, the one I went with is, I'm going to see if you guys remember this film, but this is also based on a Philip K. Dick novel starring the action actor of that time, which was the early 2000s. And it's the film Paycheck with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> really? I saw it once. Yeah, is that, is that the John Woo one? Yes, it is. It is a John Woo yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I like that movie. <laughs> but, but for me, it was like, I went through all the Philip K. Dick movies, and then I saw that one, I was like, I don't remember fucking shit about that. And then literally looked at the plot description, and was like, a guy who's lost his memory tries to work out, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that would totally try and fuck this film. <laughs> yep, that works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and I went with uh, John Carter of Mars. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, because basically John Carter would want to fuck Total Recall so they could learn some tricks to actually apply it and make money next time around. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Is it shit? Yep. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. Don't care what B Diesel says, it's shit. Anywho, that moves over to question number six, which is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of an amazing woman that is Hemley Higgins that runs the Tasteless Podcast. Uh, you guys all know her. What? She's gone on recently to do Legally Blonde, and she's just awesome. But uh, what's her question yeah. there, Wayne? Her question is, which side character would make for the best spin-off movie? And it's very hard to look past Sharon Stone, so I'm going to try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> really? Both of you? Oh, no, no. Yeah, well, look- I've got to put her down for a little while in case I get too excited and just blow all over the mic. So I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Benny. Like as I said, he's got stories. He gets round. He's that motherfucker. Fuck that guy, man. He's annoying with his stupid ass fucking everything. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He is. He's a complete fucking dickhead. But I like watching movies about complete fucking dickheads. You know? No, good. Actually, good point. Good point. Well, I I did go with Laurie, because duh. (laughs) But because she's tough as now, she's whip smart, she's sexy undercover operator who puts it all on the line to protect the legitimate government of the day by going deep undercover. And deep in the covers no. with a known potential traitor. So, well, it's like a spy movie for a spy. So show? she's a she's a hero. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> she has to sleep. You know, has to deal also with her abusive, creepy husband. Happy. How long before that all goes pear shaped? Well, so I, I imagine they like a hell each of a movie other. right here. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. Ironically, I've gone with her husband. I think Richter would make a good uh, character in a movie where he's got bionic arms. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow he survived the fall, and he's like, well, fuck everyone. It's yeah. cool. And at, at the end of every episode, <laughs> he goes to a house party. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody says, see you at the party. See, the exactly. writers are going to like yep. doing this, because every show, it's like, well, we know it's going to end. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's saying, hey, bro, can you give me a hand with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, that moves us over to our next Patreon question, which comes courtesy of Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast that covers all things Netflix related. You guys should go or check that out as well. He will be on an upcoming episode where we do a retro throwback of Independence Day because it's apparently his favorite film. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> July's coming and it's celebrating its 25th <laughs> birthday. So why not? What would Dan like to know? He would like to know where would you have inserted Blink 102's song, all the small things into this film? Well, when they rock up to the brothel and there's all those weird and wonderful mutants, including Wayne's favourite character. What? Uh, and yeah. the, the little person, Thumbelina, because, you know, therefore, at. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't offend anyone, I'd say. No, it's, it's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, for me, um, I, would, I would insert it right after Quaid, in that same scene, shuts down the dude who says, you got a lot of nerves showing your face around here, Hauser. And he says, look who's talking. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that's it. That's just like a little moment. It's like, shut me down. Damn, small things. Boom. That's it. Okay. 
Makes as much sense as anything, really, for this question. It's a creative choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the one for me was, like, when they're going through the different personalities that you could be, like a millionaire playboy or a jock or whatever. Like, if they'd said rock star and they just had, like, a little, like, I don't know, just slight little... I don't know what you call it, like a jingle of the song. That would have been enough. That would have been enough to get this <laughs> yeah. in the film without ruining this film. So there you go. That's what I'm going with. Apt. Apt. Yes. Yep, that would work too. Awesome. Um, is over to question number eight. What is it there, Paul? What character do you wish had gotten punched in the dick? Fucking Benny. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stole my answer. Okay. Smoke that dude in the dick. Fuck yes. <laughs> As much as I love him, I hate him. He's, he's just, I don't know. It's a typical Kiwi way. We love what we hate sort of thing. Uh, one was that fucking taxi driver. If he had a dick, I would have liked to have punched him <laughs> in it. That robotic taxi driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, was that's a, a good call. Fucking dick. And the other one was um, Helm. You know, Richter's second in charge. I don't know what it's about. Oh, him. yes. Yeah. When he got No, he's an annoying little fucking nerd. That guy. Yes, he's an annoying <laughs> little nerd. And that was the only reason why I didn't pick him was because he gets stabbed in the dick, which is way worse. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, I had Benny as well because, you know, what he did was some not cool shit and he killed a lot of people as a result of his actions. And uh, I still think even though he went out pretty pretty miserably, could have used a crack in the dick first. <laughs> Just to remind him how uncool that was. Exactly. <laughs> Very nice. Cool. Let me move over to question number nine. What is it there, Wayne? What quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after you finish having sex? <laughs> this film is fucking uh, full Sam. of them. I've got like about seven, but I'm trying to mm. pick two. <laughs> Try to pick what my favorite one would be. Oh, yeah, here we go. Use your head, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, nice, nice one. I'll just give one. Maybe we can give some runner-ups after everyone's done their okay. first one. Uh, I think the one that really would suck the most would be I don't remember you. I don't remember us. I don't even remember me. <laughs> uh, well, mine would be, the worst thing to hear is, frankly, I'm surprised it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, too. Oh, God, I had to watch the whole thing for that. <laughs> what else did you have, Sam? Uh, who's it this time? My mother. <laughs> and my, my other one was, um, how much is Cohagen paying you for this? <laughs> I, I, to, be, I had, uh, to be fair, it was going to be one of my answers, but then I figured, like, fuck, if I've done such an awesome performance that someone thinks I'm getting paid for this, then that's actually kind of a good thing. <laughs> Definitely what I would take from that. <laughs> I had a, we hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I got five kids to feed. <laughs> well, that would be so weird. <laughs> you pull out and it's, what? No, oh, man. <laughs> Well, I, I, the only thing I had was, uh, let me ask you something. You ever fuck a mutant? <laughs> Wayne, uh, has a, if my thread is Sharon Stone, Wayne is mutant sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Nice. Nice. Cool. And that moves us down to the last of our questions that can be applied to any film. And of course, I threw this one in there that occasionally pops up for these guys based on their podcast, which they'll talk about later. But I want to know from <laughs> you guys, what bizarrely specific top 10 list would you have this movie on? All right, well, I had this as number one, really, because it's the absolute best example, on a top ten films featuring an effective human meat shield. Yeah, that scene is so harsh. <laughs> this poor innocent guy gets fucked up. Yep, that scene where Quaid's on the escalators and he's being shot at from both directions. First of all, from the front, there's four dudes, and he grabs just some random dude. I know, it's not even a bad guy. Pulls him in front of him, and that guy gets shredded to, like, paperweight, to destroyed paper mache, I should say. And then it takes bullets from all four of them. Quaid kills all those four guys. Then he spins him around, takes bullets from the guys underneath, and then he flings what must be by now a one or two kilo corpse at the Michael Ironside Richter and his crony and then runs away. I'm like, 
damn, that is harsh. And that corpse stopped every single one of those thousand bullets penetrating through to you. I know. Amazing. Imagine that poor guy's family watching that on CCTV. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was just like the phone call, eh? Like, hello, Mrs. Richard. Uh, your husband's been murdered today. How'd he die? Yeah. Well, he got shot 10,000 times, but he, he equipped every single yeah. bullet. He's, he's quite a trooper. <laughs> Uh, my top ten list would be top ten mutants with an extra memory. <laughs> <laughs> I said, could the bar get lower? I told it you. Just I did. told you. <laughs> By the way, that, that list is not top, is ten, not ten long. <laughs> I can't think of a single nuller one. Fucking like one. <laughs> Wayne only needs one in this case. <laughs> I think you'll find I only need three. <laughs> Did you, did she oh, pop oh, up in the in the like remake or reboot or whatever it was with Colin Farrell? Was there a three titted lady in that movie? I can't oh, remember. Oh, good question. I'm not sure actually. Mm, if they did, they probably didn't show it because that film was was PG thirteen. That's right. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. Uh, my one's kind of ripping yeah. off. <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> yeah. My one's kind of ripping off a episode that you guys did recently. We did the top ten ambiguous movies. Uh, this would be the top ten ambiguous movies where I don't actually want to know what the ending is. So, for instance, <laughs> is Deckard a replicant? Yes, I want to know that. Are they in a dream in Inception? Yes. But like this, uh, The Thing, uh, The Graduate, Space Odyssey 2001, there's some films where I'm like, I'd rather not know. Like part of the mystery and the allure of those movies is actually just not knowing. I understand. Totally cool. Yep. Got it. Yeah. And that moves us over to our personal questions. First up is Wayne. Hit us with them, Wayne. Okay. Replace the main character's... Of this film, with the most suitable actor of the opposite gender. I'm talking about Arnie, Sharon, Richter, Molina. Go. I'll lead us off. Uh, I'm going to go modern day actors and actresses. So for Arnie, I'd have Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt. I love Emily Blunt. And we know she can do some good Mm -hmm. ass action movies. Sharon Stone, uh, you want someone that's incredibly good looking, but somewhat has a hint of evilness about him. So hence why I'm going with Henry Cavill. Uh, Richter, mm-hmm. same thing you want oh. and sort of a more mature actress that can also do action so Sigourney Weaver and then for Melina you want someone demurely yet sleazy so I'm going with Chris Hemsworth <laughs> 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 yep nice nice I went with uh, Charlize Theron would be Arnie so same sort of reasoning as you had for Emily Blunt Sam I had Sharon would be, oh, I love the way you got Arnie, Sharon, and Richter, the Molina, by the way, Wayne, you've gone with actors' names and the character names. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, Sharon or Laurie would be Ryan Gosling. Going to be super hot. Not bad. Richter would be, or Michael Ironside would be Angelina Jolie. Oh, I see. Ooh. I think that would work there. And Molina would be Michael Pena, because we need to emphasize how much hotter Rai Rai is than, <laughs> than him. <laughs> cover that in a, form, in, in a upcoming question about how we feel about all this so very good i'm good to hear you on the page uh mine was arnie is charlie theron charlie's theron because i've seen her kick ass in that oh, other same, same. yeah so very nice well done uh sharon was chris hemsworth oh yeah because they're both as pretty as each other yeah. yep um melina is jason momoa because they look the same and <laughs> <laughs> i'm never gonna be able to unsee that now oh yeah <laughs> And oddly, Richter was Ruby Rose because she's also actiony and mean and stuff as her, yeah. as from her work in John Wick, but she's small. Yeah. She's not particularly, you know, there you go. So yeah, mm. odd list. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> okay. All the women in both this Total Recall and the 2012 remake get in a cat fight. That's Sharon Stone, Rachel Tocotin, Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel. Who wins and why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all win, Wayne. We just throw some oil in and we win. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, my answer is literally this. Uh, we do, and duh, that's why. 
Okay. Uh, and my third question is, the year is 2084. Just like in the movie. What is the one thing you want to have been invented by then? It could be tech, science, anything. It could be from the movie. It could be anything. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I've got to put aside all the like the normal ones that everyone would request, which is like a cure for cancer or diseases, a solution for famine mm. oh, or no, world peace or all that sort of shit. Yeah. I want calorie-free <laughs> KFC. I want to be able to eat as much KFC as <laughs> <laughs> Without getting fat, without having to be greased it's up myself way. and rolled out the door frame. That's what I want. That's what I want. Calorie-free KFC. By the way, everyone, anyone, any of our international listeners are, are here, right? Uh, Sam and, and us just spoke before the show about how apparently KFC is the bomb in New Zealand. And I didn't know that. So, you know, that is amazing. Wayne's travel itinerary has been updated for <laughs> no, when the borders not, open. I'm telling you, man, it's over. It's on. It's on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay. And for me, I had completely immersive VR. Proper, proper immersive VR where going to any world, therefore, wouldn't require implanted memories, but just a couple of contact lenses and a couple of. Uh, earbuds and everything feels 100% real. Yeah. Well, I just want the TV wall. Okay? <laughs> I want a, I want a, I want a wall that the, a wall that just turns into a TV. It doesn't as it got a TV on it. Right. Is in fact a TV cuz you know, shit that appears from out of nowhere. It's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that would be pretty Fair cool enough. would be a construction worker's job or a demolition worker's job that pays you enough to go out and get what is effectively an old person's cruise. You know what I mean? <laughs> to have a nice apartment, <laughs> to have Sharon Stone as a wife, to be able to afford to yep. go on a total recall trip. And yet all you do is just smash up rocks all day. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. It's because he's Arnie, isn't it? That's why he's got Sharon. Yeah. All right. I'm thinking Harry hasn't got Sharon at home. <laughs> he's, he's made <laughs> no, it he's work. Made, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> He might have a Shazza. He's got a Shazza. He's yeah. definitely got a Shazza. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so that's over to me for my questions. Is that right, Yeah, Sure right, is. First of mine is number 14. If Total Recall is the chocolate in a tub of Neapolitan ice cream, <laughs> what other sci-fi action films would be the vanilla and strawberry flavors in that tub and why? Odd metaphysical question, this one, but I do have an answer. Vanilla is basic instinct. Yes! Because I like vanilla more than chocolate. That's my weird thing. That's my weird thing. My rationale is different, but I have the same answer. <laughs> and of course, it's these are all my, my, my you know, my vanilla and strawberry are both full Paul Verhoeven films. Yeah. Me so, too. Oh, no, I bet you got the same answer. Same. Right? So, but, oh my, wow. Oh my god. So yeah, vanilla is basically instinct because I love it, and strawberry is showgirls because I fucking hate strawberry. <laughs> nice, excellent. Yeah, uh, please, Sam. No, same. Like my first one, like the vanilla is Robocop. Which is obviously Paul Verhoeven as well. Oh, nice, nice. And, but like, totally it's happened. like it's a good film, but it's not anyone's favorite. You know what I mean? Like, it's a bit vanilla. It's sort of Seth <laughs> Wayne. Seth <laughs> Wayne. Okay, I take it back. I forgot Wayne was on this podcast. I forgot we've got the one guy in the world. That <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, the strawberry is uh, Starship Troopers because no one ever mentions it when they're discussing like the rivalry between chocolate vanilla and all these other sort of sci-fi action films from the nineties. And like, True. yeah, mm. it's a bit different and out there and you sort of appreciate what it's going for a bit later. But, you know, it doesn't leave the same impression on you because you haven't experienced it a million times like so many of the other ones. So, yeah, Sasha Troopers. Nice. Nice answers. Boom. Mine, probably not as good by comparison, but Vanilla is basic instinct, as I mentioned, because irony. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. And not Strawberry, bad. I went, is Robocop because it, you know, A, it completes the Paul Verhoeven trilogy and it's vaguely blood colored, which is all kinds of appropriate when considering that film. Oh, wow. All right, my next one. If you had the choice between shooting Sharon Stone and Rachel Dakota and had and one of them had to die in your recall implanted memory, how many bullets would you put into Rachel Dakota before allowing one to even nick an inch of Sharon Stone's perfect flesh? <laughs> so this question itself is a joke, but I just gave you um, the answer is five clips worth of ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
you know, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I like to put inside Sharon Stone, but bullets aren't one of them. I don't know why I didn't see that joke. I don't know, I know. why. <laughs> there we go. I had to get that out of the way. Boom, nailed it. Uh, and I had Rachel Dakota would look worse than the guy who won this, this this film, the number one ranked film featuring an effective human meat shield. <laughs> Callback. Perfect. <laughs> and my last question then for number 16. In an alternate dimension, Sly Stallone is cast in Total Recall, and to preserve the sanctity of the multiverse, Arnie must now take the place of Sly in a Stallone film. Name that film and talk us through your reasoning. Not bad. I had a couple answers for this one, but I've settled upon Tango and Cash. Because Arnie is the perfect dude to play across from Kurt Russell. He's maybe slightly big. They should be the exact mm. same size. But it would be kind of like Red Heat with James Belushi. Like it would be a slightly that different movie. Garbage. Really? I love that we film. We watched it again. Yes, really? Is it shit? Yep. Yep. Oh, fuck. I've got great memories of it. God damn it. Yeah, stick with that. <laughs> stick with that. Don't ruin okay. it. <laughs> Sam. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was the same. I sort of ummed and ahed about which one to pick. And then I sort of... There's a very famous story that went around Hollywood in which uh, Sylvester Stallone only took the role in Stop or My Mum Will Shoot because he heard that Arnie was heavily, heavily interested in it. And (laughs) Arnie even went around town telling people, this is the film I want to do. This is the best script I've ever read. I really want to be in this film. I really want to be in this film. So that when Cy Stallone heard about it, because they had their big rivalry at the time, he jumped at the opportunity. Now, I'm imagining what would have happened if Arnie hadn't had the confidence coming off this film being a success and being like, well, shit, I better do a film. And then he actually ended up signing himself <laughs> onto this. So there we go. I would imagine oh Arnie had stopped what my mum will shoot. And just to like preserve it, I can't remember the actress who played um, the mum in the movie, but I would have loved it if we just had this like, you know, sort of getty. white bread yeah. American accented mum with this giant Austrian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that literally makes no sense whatsoever. I would have loved that. They would have had to recast the entire film. It would have looked, it oh, sounded I mean, like a loose sequel to Twins. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, and for me, I had uh, Sylvester Stallone is Kindergarten Cop. If only so I can see whether that film has any laughs. If it doesn't have Arnold's accent delivering those memorable lines, so like, look, uh, kid, it's uh, it's not a tumor. Huh? <laughs> it's just not okay. I think you've misanswered this question. Yeah, you've completely misanswered this question. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've... you've oh, been... so you can slay a roll in Arnie. <laughs> That's why we were sitting there going, I did it again. <laughs> Sorry. It's fun. I was so happy with my answer. I didn't oh, consider the I've done that many times before. <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Oh, well, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I look back at your previous question. It's like, what other sci-fi action films would be the vanilla and strawberry flavors? I don't, I don't think Basic Instinct's a sci-fi action film there, guys. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we're really good at this, in case I'm, you haven't noticed. I'm really good at answering <laughs> questions. Just not writing them, apparently, so. Sorry. All good, all good. Sorry. And that moves me over to my questions. So, okay, guys, let's imagine that you've booked in for recall and you're going to Mars. Do you go as a millionaire playboy, a sports hero, a secret agent, an industrial tycoon? Uh, what sort of um, sexual orientation do you have? I'll just throw it in there at the last minute to see what you guys come up with. And also draft up your dream woman, because I'm guessing you guys will pick that. So hairstyle, body shape, and is she demure, aggressive, or sleazy? Sports hero, for sure. Right, you get all the money, the playboy, and the industrial tycoon, plus you're famous, so women, and potentially men, are throwing themselves at you left and right, and even men respect you because you're good at that game. That's right, mate. Of course they bloody do. Uh, So as for the... uh, Sexual orientation? Sure, why not? May as well, in the fantasy, we'll go completely bi. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Bye, fuck that. Go gay, cunt. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to let go of your roots. <laughs> as, as for the dream woman, I've gone hair color, not red. Body shape, athletic, characteristics, sleazily aggressive. <laughs> sleazily aggressive. Coming Fantastic. on the show and saying not red when you know I'm married to a ginger princess. Oh, how curious. 
But well, Paul's weird I'm, like that. I'm leaving him for you, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And me. I love Gingers. Respect. I love Gingers. Thank you. Respect for the host of the show. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. <laughs> oh, nice one. All right. Well, I would definitely go the secret agent because not only do I get gadgets, I get gadgets in the future. God knows what I've got on me. Right, forget <laughs> about it. That is awesome. All right. And as for the woman, oh, sorry. I would like, um, only because I didn't think about it yet and who I'd like to slam, I would probably stay hetero, but only, you know, a little. So the chick is exactly Rebecca Ferguson. That exact woman, everything about her, hair color, everything, Englishness, all that stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, what characteristics does Rebecca Ferguson have then, Wayne? Ooh, I would call her somewhat demure, but elegant. She's not... I don't see elegant as an option here. Okay. <laughs> well, then I guess she's demure aggressive. Yeah, de- she's not sleazy. She's not sleazy. No, yeah. no okay. Until she needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Stark in the streets and a Wildling in the sheets. <laughs> I just love that you've gone with Secret Agent, given that on your podcast you've mentioned a couple of times about how your mum has said to you repetitively that you're not James Bond. So I'm, just, I'm not James Bond, exactly. That's probably where it comes from. Yes. Like, I'll show you, mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you walk straight out of recall, straight on the phone. Guess what? I am. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to save the world. <laughs> exactly. Show you. <laughs> Uh, my next question: Who do you guys reckon is the true MVP of the Resistance? Uh, the little person, Prozzy Thumbelina. Yes, <laughs> she got shot, and then was the one to stab Richter's right hand man to death. She inspired the rest of them to just rise up against the oppression of the Mars government. Without her, none of this happens. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely the linchpin. <laughs> Uh, not bad. Um, I think the MVP is the guy, George, because he's got Kawato, like, as a part of his stomach. And he's walking around with Kawato all day, taking almost Wait. the same risk. Yeah, and he had to have that <laughs> shit going on. Imagine trying to get a root if you're George. <laughs> so listen, um, this guy's just going to watch, okay? <laughs> From a very unique POV. He's given up more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my only other option for that, really, is the three-breasted woman. Because when they enter that building, <laughs> everyone everyone just like freaks out. And like she just like walks up and she's like, Hey, can I help you? Whatever and he's like just shoots her in the back, you know what I mean? Like everyone else flinches. I know, he's a yep. complete prick. Yeah, yeah, he's a complete prick, but everyone else flinches, but she's just like rolls with it. She's just like, Yeah, nothing to see exactly. here. Hey, you three tits, you know, it's Fuck you, bye. I got three titties, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's very cool, calm and collected, yes. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. The source of all her power. Yeah. Uh, and then my final question, I want you guys to sort it out once and for all. What actually happened? Was it all an implanted memory? Is it real? Et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Go at it. Okay, this is going to get nasty. This is going to get nasty. Uh, look, do you want to go first, Paul? Look, uh, it's my turn. It's in the rotation. I will go first, but only to say this. It, it boils down to this. If it's really a dream, mm. how the hell does Quaid have memories of things that don't happen when he's, that happen when he's not around? How does he see the conversation between Laurie and Richter? How does he know what Richter and Kohagen are, say, uh, saying, to, Kohagen are saying to each other? You it makes no sense if it's other scenes are taking place, if he knows what's going on. Because in your, in your world, dreams only happen from a first-person point of view. Yes. Okay, here's the thing. That's where it becomes it's a, a movie. Memory. Yeah, it's a memory, but things are happening around in the memory. He doesn't see them all. You see them all because you're the audience. No, but we're not the audience. It's If it's actually from his delusional point of view, it makes no sense. No, that's a bullshit. That's a logical bullshit it's for you. Logical. It's logical. No, but, but it's also really like... It's, it's... Sam has a drink of beer. <laughs> I'm loving this. Where's the popcorn? This is amazing. Dudes, okay, so listen up. He sits in the chair. They look at Blue Sky on Mars, which happens at the end. Sure, sure, Ch- sure. Pick your woman. She appears on the screen. Ta, 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 ta. Then everything they said would happen happens. The dream starts where he's like rah, 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 in the chair. And it ends uh, at the very last frame. 
You never see him wake up. There are there are absolutely points to that. And I, in the end, what I did find was this. A literal quote from Paul Verhoeven. Ready? And I'm going to put this uh, yeah, to Yeah, yeah. It doesn't... Yeah, go on, please. Uh, Total Recall doesn't tell you whether it's real or it's a dream because it's literally supposed to be both simultaneously. Not unlike Schrodinger's cat. It's really saying there's this reality and there's that reality and both exist at the same time, said Paul Verhoeven in a Canadian hotel room the day after the film screamed at TIFF. Because you look at Total Recall, there is never a preference, let's say taken by me or the scriptwriter, to say this is really what he dreams about and this is the truth. And I wanted it to be that way, he said. Very nice, the stupid fucker. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the man who made the film. That's a total cop. No, uh, he's saying that, and I would, I would say that too, okay? And that, but what I'm saying is, the argument I have is far stronger than the other shit. You one can that you've explain got. to me why he can see and know things that are happening when he's not there than it does not make any sense. No, 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 no. Because it's a movie is the answer, Cracker. Anyway, all right. Um, yes. <laughs> all well, the things you just said. Because it's a movie. No, that's it's just give me, it's, like, it's like a usual suspect. Anyway, go on. We right. could be here all night, Sam. Please, please. Yeah, oh, what you guys do? This is amazing. No. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I'll just start resorting to the soundboard and then Wayne will get really angry. And then... Yeah. By the way, Sam, do you have an opinion on this? Do you have a take on this? Mm. Do you think it's one uh, way or the similar other? Similar to like, basically what I said before. I actually like the ambiguity. I like the fact that I don't know and mm. I yep. don't want yep. to know. You know? I mean, yeah. It's, it's like enough. when you start seeing these explanations after the fact and you're like, well, you know, that's just retconning, you know, is a term from the comics where they start explaining things that happened earlier that don't really, you know, match up yep. and yep. need to match up. It's just like, just let it sit as a piece of art and let other people sort of interpret it how they are. So. Or how they want to. That's <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, Disney stopped releasing shit about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> cool, and that takes us down to our final question, which is also a Patreon question. And this question comes courtesy of the amazing man, there's Julio of the Contrarians podcast. Podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine, so they'll take a film that's pretty much beloved. So even this one, which is at 82% of Rotten Tomatoes, they would probably argue why it's rubbish and then sort of offer their, you know, true honest thoughts <laughs> at the end. And what Julio would like to know is what is our most controversial opinion about this film? And I'm a little bit hesitant to ask it this week, Julio, given that Wayne's on this. But hey, let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, um, in 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 a in an effort to subvert expectations, Uh-oh. my my controversial opinion on the film is actually very technical and about the film. If you've seen this movie, you're gonna go, "What the hell?" After I tell you this, here we go. Ready? My controversial view or opinion is that this was not Quaid's first visit to Recall. When you see him and he's like, he walks in, he sees the girl with the nail polish and stuff. That wasn't his first time. He's been there before. And the, he had a Mars memory implant and it fucked up somehow. And it gave him like a, he lost all that memory. And his friends and family know about the fuck up, but Quaid doesn't because he lost his memory. That is why his friend Harry at work has warns him off recall, says, hey man, someone got lobotomized and you know, you don't want to fuck with your brain. Then Shazza asks him about his dream girlfriend when she's fucking him at the beginning because she wants to know about the implanted girlfriend they gave him that he now dreams about. The recall salesman, he knows him as well. And he kind of acts like they've met before if you watch that performance. And he's trying to warn Quaid off going to Mars because they fucked up for him last time. But he's like, no, I want to go to Mars. He's like, okay, you're the boss. And they give it to him again. And then the recall people say that he has a memory cap already before they implanted the scenario because it was a remnant from the previous one. And finally, Melina... If you're asking why does she turn up in his dreams at the beginning before the recall visit, it's because that's a remnant from the first time they put her in there. Isn't that just all remnants from his real life and the cat being what no, they put in the, place to get no, him no, no. into the into the mutants the, undercover? It's, it's a it's a subplot thing because it doesn't change any of the fact that it's totally a dream the whole time because this it's still <laughs> the absolute dream from the but he's been there before and it's an odd like you could read it that way if you watch the performances. That's why O'Hara is so 
like worried about him when he <laughs> talks about recall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's up there. Interesting. Think it over. Tuck it roll, just but interesting. Eat my ball. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that came to me while you were while you were saying that, in, every time you said the word memory, because of your ridiculous fascination with the three-breasted woman, I kept hearing memory. <laughs> That's on you. I think that's on you. <laughs> I see a pair of thick, weighty breasts, and all logic flies out the window. All right, Paul only made that joke so he could play his broke-ass sound, so eat a dick, please. Uh, all right, my, my answer was similarly serious. Uh, I, and I kind of alluded to it at the start, I think there's still a market for these kinds of films. These big-budget, R-rated, violent as hell with muscly action heroes and gorgeous women. The film even had women kicking ass as well. Although you guys say not that well. <laughs> not particularly well. Yeah, back in 1990. <laughs> so it was ahead of its time. And Paul Verhoeven was a filmmaker ahead of his time. He, in the sense of, he had no problems with making men and women equal and both going to the same showers and the same... I know, have no problem with that either. <laughs> ...and all the rest of that stuff. Let's bring that back. Let's keep the, the strong women, but add all the other parts back and let's release one of these $150 million R-rated action blockbusters once a year. Come on, Hollywood. Get on it. When would you say the last one of these happened? Was it like Deadpool or something? Well, Deadpool was like Deadpool Two was like eighty million dollar yeah. budget. Yeah. We're not even we're not getting back to these these really super big budget ones because they they reckon they're too risky because they're R rated. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe when the movies open again, we'll we'll start a campaign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See how we go. Titties for R rated, yes. Mad Max Fury Road. How much would the budget on that one have been? That would have probably been. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was that uh, blew up but, but that yeah, yeah. was very very soft R. Uh, it's American R. Here it was only rated sort of. I think it was only rated M. Yeah, yeah. I think we were the so same. Yeah. Th- there's no n- nudity. The violence is all off screen. Yeah, people fall under cars and whatever else. We don't see it. Yeah, you know true. I mean? yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Paul's bloodlust. Yeah, I mean my <laughs> my one I've already sort of alluded to. I feel like Sharon Stone was totally miscast in this role. <laughs> what? No, I love her. Like, don't Please, get me wrong, go on. I absolutely love her, but I just don't feel like she's an action star. I mean, it's. I mean, we've already talked about that. The other one I sort of had was that Cohagen's a flippin' idiot. Like his whole plan just seems to unravel and un, it's unfurl in like the most idiotic way possible. I mean, he's got no problem whatsoever cutting the ear off to this entire area of people that he's trying to get rid of. Why does <laughs> he just do that from the start? What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Cohagen? Why go through this convoluted process to get Arnie to infiltrate and figure out where the resistance is when you know where the resistance Very is? Very good point. And you don't give a shit about killing all of them. You're a fucking idiot, Cohagen. That's right. And it's just happened anyway. And also, why is he? What? Well, in his slight defense there, I will say, like, it seems like they've narrowed it down to that area is where they think the, the resistance is based on what happens when Richter goes storming in yeah. there. So maybe up until that point, they didn't know. Maybe. Well, the other thing is, why did he... He has control of Richter, as he's shown many times. Just say, stop killing Arnie, man. Oh, that's the thing that doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. How hard Richter... And they just write it off by saying he's kind of... He's off his chain. He's not, he's of not the following his orders. But, yeah, it's yeah. Like, but then he follows them later on. He goes, yes, sir. And shit like that. I'm like, yep. no, 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 no. Nah. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. Doesn't matter because we love yeah. the movie. Yeah, I still love it. Don't get me wrong. You can get past that. Give me as many Sharon Stone movies as I can, but just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry, Shaz. We now we now know who your one true love is. <laughs> <laughs> Take it fully. What I love about this though is that you guys have come on and done back to back episodes that involve Sharon Stone that are directed by Paul Verhoeven. We actually need Paul Verhoeven to go out there and like retroactively make another movie that has Sharon Stone in it, so we can have you guys back another time. Would you be interested now, Paul? Uh. Whoa, see, see, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It all went downhill pretty fast after basic or with basic instinct two. Man, it went have you seen Catwoman? 
Yeah, yeah I think I don't. don't yeah, you don't. don't. <laughs> not, also, also not good. Basically, nineties. You know, anything to the end of the nineties. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anywho, that takes us down to the end. Thank you to these two guys for coming on and joining me. Why don't you tell everyone about your amazing, amazing show, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for having us Thank again. You. It's always a hilarious time. Good, a blast to be here on uh, New Zealand's premier film podcast. Only podcast. Uh, for us, we are nowhere near Australia's oh, uh, film, premier film podcast. We're somewhere languishing around four millionth <laughs> on the rankings. But nevertheless, <laughs> that means more of you have a chance to, to listen. And we count down list every week from 10 to 1 and usually have some kind of debate slash argument about it along the way Mm -hmm. and then we review a film on the weekends as well these days we're doing a lot of these kinds of ones retrospective as well classics as we like to call them absolutely so uh yeah you can listen along at the usual places search for the countdown movie interior reviews and you will find us awesome uh yeah some sort of housekeeping from our end uh if you want to get in contact with us you can find us on twitter at movie reviews in you can find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash movie reviews and 20 q's we have links down in the show notes as well as links to all the other amazing, amazing podcasts that give us money each week to help uh, to have their question in the top 10. And yeah, some upcoming episodes. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows at the moment? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's thanks from me. Catch you later, son. See ya. Cheers. Hey, everyone. At the time of recording this, we hadn't booked in the movie, but we have now. Next week, I am joined by the wonderful Rosa and Kat of the podcast Latinx Lens to discuss... Pan's Labyrinth. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. They're both awesome women. Can't wait to see what sort of questions and answers they bring to this podcast. Probably going to class the hell out of it. So yeah, there we go. 